You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. 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 Oh, the correct year in here. Stadium time is 8.43 p.m. Central Standard Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast. Harbored by the good folks collegemagnolia.com. It is I. Greetings, salutations, Orange and Truthers. Drew Croson at, at Senecro2 on Twitter here to guide you through this week's episode. I uh, want to say thank you for those of you who were worried about us here in North Texas at some point. It got pretty hairy. Uh, we went from a week ago today, it was negative two at one point. Today I was in shorts and a t-shirt laying out in my backyard trying to get a suntan. The climate is weird. Um, joining us be the magic of Skype, magic of the internet, is the AU chief, a man who knows, a man who uh, likes his beer flat as can be. He likes his dog with mustard and lettuce. The AU chief. <laughs> so, up the toffees, chief, right? That's right. It's good news for the blues, my friend. UTFT, as they say, across the pond. It, uh, it was a great weekend. Uh, even the Auburn men's basketball team could not bring me down from that high. Josh, so. in case you – oh, let me introduce you first. <laughs> also joining us through the magic of Skype, uh, Josh S. Hillier. The S stands for standing in for Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for sitting this one out. Josh, can you read me? I read you loud and clear. Do I not get a theme song though? No, so so Chief is playing a theme song for Everton Football Club. Mm, okay, okay, I'm not in on the joke. Because Everton yeah. pulled off the Auburn can't win in Baton Rouge of yes. soccer and defeated its biggest rival, Liverpool Football Club, the hated Reds, Glorious. for the first time in 11 years, 11 long years. The first time they've won at Anfield – Everton's former ground, now Liverpool's ground, in 22 years. Yeah. Beautiful. It is a – and this is – to put the ge- geography in perspective, these two teams currently, Everton's building a new stadium, are separated by a city park. They're in the same it's, town. It's not a big one either. You can you can walk to this, each stadium. And one team has had just massive success over the last 10 years. League well, championships – Premier League championships. Liverpool uh, <laughs> hasn't been that successful over the last 10 years. Last 10 years? I would say a, a UCL title and a Premier League title is fairly successful, even if you just have one of each. Uh, okay. All right. Everton has been consistently Everton. Yeah, just mediocre as hell. This the eighth best team in the Premier League forever. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Six. Six. Sorry. But still <laughs> mid-table. So – Great. I'm super happy for Chief. Yeah, it was a it was a great weekend. Uh, and they didn't just beat them; they beat them really bad. Uh, just dominated the game and uh, got a penalty at Anfield, which nobody gets, which is insane. The, uh, it's like Alabama getting called for holding, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the only complaint is that Trent Alexander Arnold should have been sent off for an obvious denial of goal scoring opportunity. But hey, two nil. Up the toffees. As a as a former Everton supporter who had who just <laughs> gave up on them, I think it's now four years going by abandonment of Everton. And my glomming on to wherever Pep Guardiola is coaching. So Manchester City is my team. It, it's still really good, even for me, just as a bystander, to still see Everton beat Liverpool. Um, yeah. So 
That you know what my, my takeaway is from that conversation as someone who doesn't keep up with football? Sure. Um, I really wish that Gus Malzahn had done the Ted Lasso thing. Absolutely. I think Gus would have yeah. been a perfect Ted Lasso candidate. Well, and he was dancing in that last – after the last game of the season and everything. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Could so, you see, you know, just a thought. Could she Gus and Christie in like Wales coaching Cardiff? <laughs> just really confused. <laughs> Couldn't be any worse. Chewing lots Warner. of bubble gum. You're like, I'm living in Wales. I thought that was just for Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Bible joke, everybody. Bible jokes bring us back. So, uh, Josh, let's play a quick game to introduce. Josh is going to be the newest writer. There are actually writers at collegemangler.com. I know it's been a long time since I've written anything. Um, and I know Jack is not really putting my name on this podcast anymore for some reason, which is really hurting me. <laughs> It looks like I haven't put anything out on the website in a long time. But, Jack, um, Josh is going to start writing for us. Josh is a big basketball fan. If I remember correctly, a large Atlanta Hawks homer. Oh. Yes. Right. going to be mad Atlanta Hawks homer. Josh was the first person to text me the night that Luca got traded from the Hawks <laughs> to the Mavericks. Oh, man. It's rough. Um, my stomach still hasn't stopped hurting. <laughs> I think every, I think you were the only person who really knew the gravity of what had just happened. Like I don't well, think Ryan, anybody. Ryan, Ryan's still holding on to Trey Young being a, a great deal. I know Ryan thinks that the Hawks may have won that trade still, which is <laughs> no. preposterous. Unless Cam Reddish can can really become an All Star, we did not win that trade. Yeah, it's like. It's like you traded Reggie Miller for Michael Jordan. Is what I think. Like <laughs> yeah. Reggie, you got Reggie Miller. I wish Michael Jordan. You got Reggie Miller, which is great. But yeah, he's going to score a lot of points. You could have had the best player of his generation. All right. So, basketball junkie Josh Hillier. Yes, sir. Twice an Auburn graduate. OFA is that correct? Originally, originally from Auburn. That isn't. That is a fact. Yes, OFA. Do you have that sticker on your tr- on your car? I don't. Dude, <laughs> I had no idea that's what that means. Me <laughs> is that really what that means? That is what that means. You can go get one. I thought it was some sort of thing to say that you had been like – that you had run a marathon or something. No. it. My across-the-street neighbor when I lived On in Auburn. On always. I think, yeah, my across-the-street neighbor when we lived in Auburn, she had an OFA sticker. And underneath it in tiny print, it says originally from Auburn, wow. which is how I know that's what that means. Yeah, um, and now you guys will see that sticker everywhere you go and go, oh, okay, these people are just trying to rub it in our faces. They never left. Mm-hmm. Just took a Texan to tell me. <laughs> what is your hot – we're going to play classic game, highs and lows. What is your high as a citizen of, of Auburn? And what is your low? What's the low moment of your life as a citizen of Auburn? Oh, wow. Um, so, okay, Beardy's Memorial Coliseum. Um, that's where Auburn used to play all their basketball games. And I had season tickets a whole lot of years, basically from 1998 through oh, 2010. What a, great, what a great time to start. Yes, exactly. What a great time to start. Um, so those years were incredible, and I was a teenager during those years. And, yeah. You know, that team is still with Chris Porter and Doc Robinson and all those guys. That's Mamadou Njai. Um, that still sticks with me. But so I'm going to start with my low moment. Um, as a citizen. Because so you know I'm going to ask you highs and lows as a fan as well. So this is. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. You're right. So I shouldn't totally go here yet. I was thinking about the structure of Beard Eves <laughs> and how that was affecting me one night. But I'll, that still does tie into being a fan, to being a fan. So I'll come right. back to that in a second um as a citizen of auburn it's not when the magnolia chick-fil-a closed for however long is it still closed it's it's indefinite oh man still closed right it's incredible yeah yeah um so i used to live at eagles corner apartments if anybody knows where that is um yeah it it was it's across the street from taco bell i used to live at apartment and we talked about this 
I think we have. Okay. I think we have. Uh, yeah, this is striking some sort of uh, memory in me. Along with my um, friend you know, uh, Alan McNew. Yeah, Bill Alan Blank. McNew lived there. That's crazy. <laughs> I lived in 104. I lived in 203. I don't remember what room Incredible. Alan was in. I didn't. I didn't go there uh, uh, during the daylight a lot. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only eight of them, you know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, so my all-time low, though, was um, like the night before the Georgia game. Uh, I'm trying to remember what year this would have been. Maybe like, oh, four? I'm trying to remember when we played Georgia at home oh, when two, Jason oh, Campbell was still our quarterback. Oh, four. Uh, okay, so uh, probably oh, oh, four. Yeah. We played at home at oh, two, oh, four, and oh, six while well, I was here. So. Okay, and oh, four was the year we went undefeated, right? Yes. And it was 05 that they dropped a couple of games. Um, so 04, I, I just, I was really sick. Like I had, I don't know, I was in college and never went to the doctor, but surely I had some sort of flu or something like that. And, you know, just like shaking cold, like, but, but you're also running a fever at the same time, but it's like November and it's cold outside. And I really just needed to go to the pharmacy to get some stuff. And um, everybody, like, across, like, all of Auburn on that street, basically, was just, like, standing in our parking lot. Yeah. And I just sat, like, in my car, just trying to back up and, like, really politely, um, (laughs) but feverishly, like, just asking people if they'd move. And I was like, I'm an Auburn fan, too. You know, it's cool. War Eagle, let me me through. And... uh, (laughs) It, it was awful. It was it was like one of the most stressful times of my life, y'all. It took me like an hour to leave that parking lot, which is oh just like, it's like a twenty car parking lot or something like that. I'm serious. I'm serious. But it's only one know, way in, one way out. Want to be and stuff. Right. It was. Um, it was not a smart time to try to drive, and I should have just walked. In retrospect, well, I didn't but, live there in uh, '04, so what? Low... So my car was not one of those. <laughs> Thank God. One of these people. What? Uh, now there's a uh, CVS like, you know, right next door, over there. I know, and all those restaurants and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, these people do not know. Right. Well, yeah. I guess. So that was my low point, though, um, which I just associate with being an Auburn citizen. Um, even though the city of Auburn isn't really at fault for that, it was more uh, <laughs> just being a college student on a party night kind of kind of thing. And we beat Georgia, though, so that's yeah. the, the important part of that story. What was your and I high? got better. I don't still have that flu. That's true. Uh, that's the real high point. I know. What's the high point? Yeah, it's been 17 years. And that flu probably added to your genetic code in some amazing way. And now you're right. immune for something else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't have to get the COVID vaccine as a result of that, <laughs> that flu in 2004. That exact one. Right. If, yeah. you, were in the, if you were in the back of Skybar, what, what is now Skybar? In between 2001 and 2006, you probably don't need the COVID vaccine. Yep. I, you got it. That, <laughs> would, uh, that would have been either the Blue Room the blue or room. the Boom Boom Copper Room. Creek. No, yeah. wait, not Copper Creek. That was, it was uh, uh, Dewey's Downtown. Dewey's Downtown. That's Dewey's. it. Yeah. Copper Creek wow. was what uh, Tigris was before it was Coyotes. What yeah. is your high point, Josh, as a citizen of Auburn? I moved back to Auburn from Lexington, Kentucky, where I, I taught at University of Kentucky for a couple of years and worked at a church for a year there as well. And they won a national championship in basketball while I was there. That was the Anthony Davis year and everything. Um, but anyway, we came back in the fall of 2013, which, as you guys might recall, was um, a very miraculous football season. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is intersecting with fanhood, but it's still it's, it's a unique experience to living in Auburn. So I was at a friend's house who lived on um, off of Bragg Avenue at the time, which is really close to downtown mm-hmm. Auburn. Yeah. And um, so we have the kick six game and the return goes down and everybody's just going absolutely insane. And so we just immediately like run out of his house and just like straight the tumors corner. And I, I don't like I, I had never seen it quite like that. And I was so thankful to be back in Auburn um, after after having had my time in Kentucky uh, so that I could experience that in person with everybody. Is that not what Lexington's like after a football game? <laughs> That's what uh, 
that's what Lexington is like when it's like the uh, midnight madness basketball game. I'm serious. It's mm. they they are just so obsessed. But yeah, football. Um, you can roll up to Kroger Field or whatever it's called. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> like Kroger Stadium or something. Um, Kroger you can roll up Stadium. There a couple minutes before kickoff and be fine. They did have Randall Cobb when I was there. Oh, it's a fun time. Yeah, and and Auburn came and played with Cam Newton and oh, yeah. almost lost the game. Yeah, that yeah. was that was wild. Um, all right, Josh, high and low as fan, as a fan of Auburn. Yeah, see, it's it's hard not to. I realized that I was kind of intersecting Auburn athletics into those stories. Well, and but, I didn't you know, send you the Auburn questions beforehand. Territory. Yeah, that's okay. I like I like the um, unfiltered responses that you get this way out of anybody. So, um, as a fan, the absolute high, and I actually posted something about this on our um, on the Slack for College and Magnolia. But anyway, it was the ninety-four to forty Auburn drumming of Alabama in basketball, and I want to say nineteen ninety-eight. Um, yes, just absolutely hilarious. I remember just like as a as a fourteen-year-old or ever how old I was then. Um, just like telling my dad in the car over and over again, like they could have doubled their score and still lost by double digits in that game. Um, <laughs> and, and so it, it was kind of like watching uh, like NBA, the NBA all-star game. Only one of the teams is like a junior varsity um, private school <laughs> team or something. Right. It was, it was really bad. The competitive disparity there. And um, you know, I long for something like, had like four dunks that game or something crazy and um my low was does it have to be one specific moment or just kind of like a trend that i had to live the same time of year every year for like five years in a row you could do that i like that i like where that can okay. go okay the tony barbie era <laughs> yeah it, it yeah it's, that's how it ended that is how it ended <laughs> um was was the tony barbie era it was all those years of being a season ticket holder after um i don't know i guess after 05 is when it started to get pretty ugly maybe 06 um somewhere around there started to get pretty hard to watch and um the last home game of each season realizing there's no way mathematically we're getting to 16 mm. wins and fucking, you know, yeah. which for the uninitiated, that's what it takes to be postseason eligible. Right. Or at least back then that's what it took. And, um, walking out of that side entrance of BRD's Memorial that has the, the ramps that like slope into an X shape. Yeah. Um, just doing that long walk in the cold, um, dejected, knowing that uh, that another season has slipped from our fingers and um, hoping that one day maybe we could have a basketball coach like the guy who coaches the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. <laughs> you know, the incredible thing was like, I, I remember those years being so excited about how close to the NIT the Jeff Lebo teams could get. And then he finally right. – he got over the hump and got to the NIT and it was like this huge deal. And none of my friends thought it was a huge deal and I was trying to like implore them that it was like this massive deal that Harvard basketball made it to the NIT. Right. Um, and then it, well, was and it was 40 more years in the wilderness. If I, if I remember correctly though um, – that year, they actually won over twenty games, and yeah. really probably should have gotten it. Yeah, they, they were a they bubble were a team in the tournament. Bubble team and got uh, got knocked out by uh, in favor of Stanford, right? Wasn't right. That, that what happened there? Who had mm. future Atlanta Hawk Josh Childress on the team? Yes, that was quite the storied run. Yeah, <laughs> Atlanta Hawk great, the Afro man Josh yeah. Childress, European legend. European pro basketball legend. Yeah, he did. He played over there forever. Um, mm-hmm. Not to the levels of Quantes Robertson, who's been playing over there since <laughs> since graduating from Auburn. He has been playing in Frankfurt yeah. since 09. That's not a bad deal, though, really. We have inside information that, living, that he splits his time from Frankfurt and Huntsville. Hmm. So, <laughs> That's fascinating. One is a financial capital of... Central Europe, and the other is the Rocket City, USA. Nothing wrong with that. Possible financial capital of Alabama. Sure. 
um, if you see this smoke, yeah. I don't know if you guys can see it's yeah, like, what's, what's it's going like on in your a, house. It's bro. like I'm in a Snoop Dogg video. Yeah. I have a humidifier like directly next to me. We had to run our heater so much. Whenever I was at my brother's house, I just dried out. It's horrible. Um, Bummer. Yeah, it's it's the worst. Winter stinks. Can I say one more thing about Jeff Lebo? Yeah, sure. I'm hey, look. That's I'm what a big Jeff Lebo fan. This podcast for. Well, okay, good. That's what I was going to say. Is now that I'm reliving this and putting myself back in my early twenties body and thinking about this, I. He really did get a raw deal, oh. um, especially when we consider who came in to replace him. He showed up under NCAA sanctions, was had mm-hmm. a tr- open tryout of students yeah. to make the team. I, I'm still kicking myself because I could have just I could have just gone and made that team because I mean, it was it was bad. I wouldn't have played. I'm not saying I would have gone and played. But there, I mean, there was like nobody on the bench. But they had like right. seven or eight scholarship athletes. Like it was something it, nuts. It was ugly. It was not good. Nate, Nate Watson was the best player on on the team because Marco Killingsworth uh, had left, and uh, and Tony Douglas yep. had also dipped out. So it was um, Lebo's first year was was a real drag, and like then to build that thing up because he wasn't a great recruiter, and he was ahead of the game from saying. What did he say? He said, we're going to lead. We're going to break every yeah. record in three-point attempts in school history. Yeah. I'm not going to promise we're going to break the record for makes. Yeah. Which is <laughs> the I, honesty. I still think it was a bad hire uh, and I, it, because there was there were better options out there. And I, I still don't know why we hired Jeff Lebo. Well, because from, mm-hmm. from an X's and O's perspective, it, he's, really, he's really a good basketball coach. We we could have hired Mike Anderson though, right? And like, bare like didn't even really try to pursue him, and it, it was really annoying. It, it was a guy that had had success in the state of Alabama, had been to the tournament, uh, and we just didn't pursue him. And I, and I, I I really never gave Lebo a, a, a fair shake because I didn't think he deserved the job. I was but, that way about about Barbie when he was hired. I thought we should have hired Quinn Snyder. Well, <laughs> I hey, thought look. we should have hired Mike Anderson then too. Uh, but uh, Barbie at least had, like made the tournament with UTEP or whatever. So I was like, right. oh, this is. I actually thought, oh, this That's is a great promise. Hire. But yeah. I, look at what Quinn Snyder is doing now. He's cruising with the Jazz. Was he really a candidate? Or are you just saying that? No, he was at Mizzou, and then. Uh, Yada yada yada. He got fired from Mizzou. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> and then he was he. I think at that point he was coaching in the inaugural years of the G League, and he coached for like okay. the Spurs G League team for like a number of years, I believe. One of those cycles, it was Bob Huggins was like a, a big rumor. Uh, Gosh, and it was after he had he because he there was some stuff at Cincinnati, right? Sure. And, I think, and I, I think he may have had a show cause, like kind of like Bruce when uh, West Virginia hired him. I, I don't want to casually libel Bob H- H- Huggy Bear, but uh, he uh, fashion uh, icon Bob Huggins. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I, I doubt he was ever on the radar because I don't know why he would have wanted to come to Auburn, uh, especially in the state we were in, and either during for either one of those hires. But one of those hires, I. I there were a lot of rumor, a lot of Bob Huggins smoke around the old uh, Auburn internet. Well, there was rumors that there was going to be a big splash hire when Barbie was hired because of the new arena. It was yeah. like, okay, Auburn right. in the new arena, they're going to go after somebody yeah. big. Shout out to Jeff Lebo because he did. He really that was his he baby. Spearheaded that. Yeah, that arena was his baby. We were supposed to open up with UNC in there. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Josh. Last question as an Auburn alum, twice and Auburn resident. High and low chicken finger restaurant in Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> mm, great question. Great question. Guthrie's all time high. Oh, wow. Um, just tried and true. I still miss the location um, on Opelika Road, like mm-hmm. at, at the very end of Opelika Road. That's now just completely leveled. Yeah. Um, that's I have a lot of fond memories of that one from the late 90s and early aughts. 
Um, and there's one fairly close to my house where mm-hmm. I live now that I still get through the drive through sometimes. And my kids love it, which is kind of a fun passing on of the baton, passing on of the, of the chicken finger. Of the um, tinder, yeah. With no slaw. Yeah, extra fries. Um, so that's definitely, that's definitely the high. And I feel so bad saying this one. Um, but I, I gotta. So the low is Louis. Whoa, oh, man. That is hot takes. That is, that is a know. big hot take. I know, I know. Maybe I should use a nickname um, on this episode after all. <laughs> uh, you know, still having to show my face around town. But in my, uh, the, the Louis that was close to the Publix by where I used no to longer, live. It's no longer Louis now, by what? the way. Yeah, it's the same. So it's the only one that Chiswick didn't own. Okay. And they, I guess, didn't want to pay the license, the, the franchise fee. So now it's Charlie's Kitchen. Let me tell you, that's the best catfish in Auburn. Yeah, they had some other good stuff. I used to get catfish there too. Yeah, it was it's it good. good catfish. And I, I didn't know that that wasn't a, uh, a chiz joint, but that was. Yep, it was not. Uh, and it's it's now Charlie's Kitchen. They have the same menu as far as I know. Sure. I haven't I haven't been back in there though. I did go to Tennachick last week. Oh, that's always good. Mm. There's not a lot of terrible yep. chicken fingers. Who was it? Nathan King on Twitter with the hottest take of, of oh, all. Oh, yeah. That the best chicken fingers in Auburn are at Insomnia. Hmm. Which I've never gotten That is them. an underrated take. Because I love Insomnia. Well, if it's like uh, every other Mediterranean uh, restaurant in America that I've ever been to, uh, yeah, they probably have pretty good chicken fingers. Al's in uh, in Birmingham has good chicken fingers. The insomnia hummus is so good that we would go get it as a side, like even if we weren't eating an insomnia. But that would be the hummus we went and bought for the week. It's delicious and open until three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, this show is not sponsored That's by insomnia, faithful. but if you'd <laughs> like to be, if we would like to be sponsored by insomnia, Guthrie's was my go-to chicken finger in college. That's that's where I went a lot until I moved uh, down Anilu, and I was really close to Tendichick, and that's when I started going to Tendichick all the time. This is the most Auburn street names we've ever name-checked in an episode, <laughs> and it's great. I think people people who listen to this who don't live in Auburn or haven't been back since college are like. Oh yeah, I think I know where that is, and they're trying to like, yeah. Which I had a terrible New Era fitted in college that was navy blue, and had like the in white a um, street map of oh yeah yeah Auburn Alabama on the front of it. Huh. I used my to guy, buy my guy Ronaldo's uh, his go to cap is that that exact cap. I used to buy really bad New Era fitted hats did, did I, you, at the bookstore. Did you get – yeah, the bookstore. That's what we're going to ask you. I also used to wear a belt that had a spinning rim as the belt buckle. And I would wear that unironically sometimes. Nice. <laughs> Did people ever ask you about it? Were they like, hey, uh, no, they were like, can you spin that for me? Look at this weirdo. <laughs> so they were, yeah. they were saying. One of the, hat, uh, white belt. One of the first gifts my wife ever got me was a uh, leather belt that had Chief like on it. Sweet. Eagles. That's awesome. And I never got a good belt buckle for it, though. So I just wore it as a like a regular old belt. You should go to Etsy.com. Well, I'm sure I could. I don't, I don't wear that belt much anymore. So let's do a quick recap of the basketball week. Um, pretty lousy. We, we had one game yep. postponed or canceled due to the weather, yep. due to the snowpocalypse. The, the, most, the most winnable of the games was canceled. And then we went out and laid an absolute egg against LSU. A game that, like, on paper, it was it was Auburn plus five. We were really? Five, I didn't know we were favored. We, no, no, no. Sorry, oh. Auburn minus five. We were five-point five. dogs. Yeah. Okay, so Auburn plus five. You're but right. we were, we were five-point underdogs. We should have won that game. Or could have. And then we, uh, from the jump, looked, it was like, oh, we, looked, we can't win no, this game. No, wait, wait a second. We looked good for the first five minutes of the game like we were up we were looking good we were playing well and then i don't know what happened it was uh yeah we, we couldn't we just stopped hitting shots they started hitting everything they put up and then we couldn't we couldn't do anything to stop them we couldn't play defense they had four anything. players in double figures and auburn had i believe one i think sharif and with 22 yeah, points is the only Sharif. One. 
Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> well, I don't know. Flanagan might have had double digits, actually. Yeah. I think on this um, po- on this podcast, I think I've probably said it before, but my like big basketball opinion is your first best player isn't as important as your third best player because yeah. if, if your third best player is better by leaps and bounds for the other than the other team's third best player, you're going to win. And Auburn's Auburn didn't have a third like this. This team looked completely dependent on one guy against LSU. Like it, mm-hmm. it had no third option. Mm-hmm. It was Sharif's going to drive and get a layup. Hopefully, maybe he gets fouled too, and that's it. We got nothing else. Mm-hmm. The scary thing about that is if he scores, what was it twenty two or twenty six? I mean, a lot of points, nonetheless, over twenty. I think he made it. Um, Thinks you're right. He scores that many, and you still lose by over twenty. Um, there's there's just a lack of that. Just speaks to defensive problems, right? It's not that yeah. we're not putting up points at that point. Um, it's well, they couldn't it's, stop. It's more of the. I mean, Cameron Thomas, another freshman, had oh. twenty-seven. He went insane. Well, yeah. he's a really good scorer. He's the reigning SEC freshman of the week. Like, he's a good scorer, and and Auburn had nothing for him except okay. Like I said, your third best player, in my opinion, is your most important guy. So he had twenty-seven. Okay, our best player had twenty-six. So that canceled each other out. The problem was Watford for LSU had 18. Our next leading scorer mm-hmm. was Flanagan at 13. Their third best mm-hmm. player had had 17. Days had 17. Our third leading scorer had 10. It was Thor. Yeah. And then after that, it's like a bunch of dudes with two points and four points. Well, Thor, Thor scored most of those points in the last like five yeah. minutes of the game. He too. was like, – Thor was basically uh, invisible in the first half, yeah. a lot of yeah. the first half. Well, and uh, with, with Watford, and, well, teams have figured out that we cannot defend anybody inside. So if you've got a guy that's remotely good uh, in the post, then we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we can't stop him. Watford and, had, and, went for 18 and 11. Ugh. And ugh. then they had another guy go for 12 and 10. On the bench. So they had Ooh. two double-doubles. Oh, no! Off the bench with a double-double? They had a oh. double-double off the bench. Oh. And, like, that's just... Auburn didn't have a guy... Auburn's leading rebounder was Javon... Was Franklin was seven. Oh, yeah. He got a ton of minutes, man. Here's how bad it was. Is that Sharif Cooper had two assists. And that's mm. not because he wasn't passing the ball. Yeah. It's just... Guys were making shots. percentage issue. Yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't go I'm from not averaging mad, nine assists exactly. Yeah, you don't go from averaging nine assists to average, to getting two, unless your team shoots some twenty five percent from three like we did and thirty seven percent from the field as a team, going against LSU who shot fifty four percent from the field and fifty percent from three. Yeah, it's horrible. And it's really rough. And uh, uh, an offense was supposed to be or is. The part of the game that we actually can do, mm-hmm. yeah, we didn't have well, could do it. It looked like they were going to score 150 points on us there at one point. So uh, I guess that's the uh, there was a stretch. The win here. You spoke about NBA All Star games. There was a stretch there in the early first half where I was like, "Oh, this is fun! It's like watching an All Star game." Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. It's just our guy goes down and scores a layup. Their guy goes down and scores a layup. Three pointer over here. Three pointer over there. And then and it was then like, all of a sudden they were up fifteen, and we were never like never they got kept out doing of it, and we quit. Yeah, I I think I mean a lot of it's mental. Like when we get down like that, I mean it was obvious in that game. We just never really thought we like they just didn't look like they thought that we they could get back into it. So it right. And I want to know, like I think Josh, you mentioned this off the pot earlier. Like I wonder. To what extent does this ghost season play into like that to motivation? Like the fact that they yeah. know even if they yeah, won out, yeah, it doesn't matter. I I think that I has think yeah, it it has to it has to, and I know that it's really easy to say, well, you should just have competitive fire and you know give it one hundred and fifty percent and all those things that people say, but. 
um, it, it it's a disappointing thing. It's one thing to know about it like two weeks before the season starts or whatever when we announced yeah. it. When when you're not really sure because of COVID if there's going to be an NCAA tournament or not, and it's another thing for it to almost be March and you see, oh, this really isn't happening for us and everybody else is, I, and we didn't get to be in the tournament last year. It's just it's this big hangover. I, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna put it. I hate doing this, but I'm gonna make an Auburn football analogy. We get we get, we're all really we were all really mad when it would take to like week eight for the offensive line to gel mm-hmm. under Gus a lot of times. We're kind of yeah. at that point of the season now where it's like, okay, we're making young mistakes, but at, at some point we should be making different ones. Like we're making yeah. the same young mistakes yeah, I, that we were I making that. in December. I, I think that they're – I think it's a combination of things. I think it's a combination of – they, we had no preseason at all to begin with. Uh, mm-hmm. The team, the team hasn't been the same for like a a quarter of the season, like any quarter of the season throughout the season. Like lineup has um, changed. Starting lineup, Bruce's tinker with starting lineup and had to. Yeah, uh, yeah. we don't have our, our one like seemingly reliable shooter. Um, we didn't have a point guard for a while. And now we do. Um, it, and it's all freshmen and sophomores. There's no, uh, no leadership and we have nothing to play for. And, and I think, I think being young and like Josh said, you know, you can say, well, they, you know, you got nothing but pride to play for. Like maybe you should, you know, personal pride. You should not want to get beat. Like we got beat Saturday, but on the other hand, it's, it's young guys with, with nothing Nothing to do, and I, I oh, this may Bruce may just be letting Sharif showcase his skills, and sure. that's really all that's going on. Mm. I like it's an interesting take. I agree with that because it, it it helps Bruce out at this point more. Yeah, to get another does, lottery pick. Yeah, he's a top top ten pick, and uh, you know. We're not getting anything out of this season, so that's the one thing he can get out of this season. And I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll say this: like mm-hmm. the one guy, there's a couple of guys who have kind of figured it out this year playing with Sharif, and one of them is Cambridge. I think there's a couple of guys who realize like if I just get open, he'll give me the ball. This dude's gonna find me, yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna get to be on the highlight reel. Yeah. There's a couple of guys who that switch hasn't flipped yet, and I can't figure. That's the one I can't really can't figure. I'm like, okay. You guys, if you just move without the ball, this dude is going to find you and you're going to get a highlight reel dunk or you're going to get a wide open shot. Cambridge understands that. I think – I don't know why that is, but Cambridge seems to be like the most – the difference in pre, pre-Sharif Cambridge and post-Sharif Cambridge is night and day. Well, I think I think there's some evidence that the guys that have played with Sharif before have, have done a little better. Um, Cardwell, um, he had a – pretty rough game and he's had some rough games but he's looked better than he did before Sharif played yeah and Sharif gets him the ball as much as he possibly can when they're in together you can tell that they have they have a a connection and the same applies to Devin as well and stretch there was a weird there was a weird period in this LSU game where like three straight trips on the court they ran like stretch posting up. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't figure. I was like, "All right, we're doing yeah. this now. Great, let's yeah. give it a but shot." We we kept trying. I, I I guess the scout had it that we could get points in the paint because we kept trying to get it to Cardwell and we kept trying to get it to stretch. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, guys, this is not working. Why are we keep trying to do this over and over again? Yeah, I mean, so. Auburn cons- has been a consistent paint scoring team this year. Sure. And get can get to the paint because of Sharif whenever it wants. Like But it, it hasn't been a lot of post up stuff. No, though. that's not how it's been happening. It hasn't been and, it hasn't <laughs> been the Austin Wiley catch the ball at the block, turn yeah, around, shoot a hook it, shot. It's been lobs, it's been the you know, put back dunks, stuff like that, but not a lot of posting up. No. I still I still like Sharif on last year's team wins the SEC regular season title. 
because you give Absolutely. him yeah, you give him yeah. Okoro. But like, even if you take if you switched Okoro and Sharif, I think that team wins the SEC regular season title uh, only because you give Sharif I, you give Sharif Mclemore and Wiley to throw oops to who actually play defense on the other end of the yeah, court. Maybe we maybe we outscore everybody, but without Okoro's defense last year, we were atrocious on D. Like, mm. We aren't just, really like great at it this oh, year. I know. Right? <laughs> Trust me. I know. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we outscore a bunch of people, but I, I don't know if we, we win the I would the like comp. to talk to Bruce. I'd, I'd really like to get Steven on the phone because I think Steven Pearl is the one who really like – from an X's and O's perspective, he seems to be the one who's has a really good mind for that right now. But I'd like to get Steven Pearl or Bruce Pearl to explain – he mentioned like some rule changes as to the reason why they don't full court press the whole More. game. Yeah. When he was in Tennessee, he pressed 40 awesome. minutes. Yeah. But he doesn't anymore. And he, he mentioned something at like, oh, yeah, you can't really do it. Like with the rule, there's been some rule changes and it makes it to where it's almost impossible. And I wonder if it's because – I don't even know if it's the rule change as much as it is the way the game is refereed now. Where well, I, you can't touch I, anyone, yeah, forty five feet from the basket. They're just afraid that they're going to like guys will get him get in even worse foul trouble if if we were to press the whole game. This game, Justin Ferguson said it best. I think it was a he texted me, but it was like this is the only sport where every single game the officiating is part of the narrative, and I don't yeah. know like the NBA does not do that. I know, Josh, you watch a ton of NBA. Like, you don't know the NBA well, referees' names unless it's a guy who's been refereeing for 50 years or it's a guy who's known to make terrible calls. But college basketball has like seven or eight guys that everyone seems to know their names because they're all terrible refs. Yeah. As as a big NBA fan living in Auburn, um, I, I've learned that most of the time people don't want me to bring up the NBA. Sure. <laughs> um, that doesn't go over great. But um, I, I feel like it is invited here. And that's I watch a lot more NBA than I watch college basketball. I pretty much just uh, – like I watch basically every NBA game I can. And I watch every Auburn basketball game and most of the other SEC games at least. And then occasionally some other one um, if that's there's more like than a top me. 10 matchup or something. I just watch Auburn um, and then some NBA yeah, games. Yeah, well, and, and I really don't blame you. And, and it's – I think that people who um, say that the officiating isn't that bad in college basketball mm. just aren't watching pro basketball at all um, because the disparity is is just think, so great. And I think they might be blind. The down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, the games um, take forever. Yeah, I think that might be it. <laughs> Like, okay, right. I put it this way. Right. The NBA it's, it's plays painful. literally eight minutes more of basketball a night because their games are 48 minutes to college is 40 minutes. Yet an NBA game lasts about the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just down to right. officiating. Right. It's just it, – it's such a – it's such a weird thing. Like uh, it's – they're predictable in that uh, – in so many ways, uh, there's guys that you know will call things super loose, and then all of a sudden, you know that they're going to be super tight and, and calling every foul. Uh, you also know if it doesn't matter which team, usually, if one team is up to like seven team fouls and the other team's uh, at one, you know that after the next time out, that the team with only one is going to get. About five fouls in the next four minutes yeah. of real time. Catch it up. So Great like leveling. Two minutes of game time. And, and it's, it's just so – it's there's no accountability. We've, we've ranted on this on the on Could you imagine so – no, Josh, there are games in the NBA where teams will go not into like the bonus. Right. Like, it'll happen. Right. The whole game. And- and I think the counter argument is when people only watch like the last five minutes of the game and there's, you know, a fair amount of intentional fouling to get to the free throw line. But oh, yeah. that's just basketball at sure. all levels. Yeah. Well, no, because the because the international level. They've they've kind of they had some fixing of that. 
Okay. One of the okay. ways they yeah. fix it was they only get um, you only get one timeout per quarter and then a second timeout in the last two minutes. So you you, you basically only get an extra timeout. So you can't just like take a hundred timeouts there at the end of the game. I like that. It's great. Interesting. Yeah. You don't need fifty timeouts the in the fourth quarter. Basketball. Yeah. 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 Well, it, part of the reason. Well, no, you don't because they. It's so stupid that that college persists with this half thing when sure. you get when you're really playing eights like. Because of the way they have the, the TV timeout structure, hundred percent. Yeah, every so four minutes. Yeah, that's a good thought. I hadn't thought about that. You really are playing eights because of the incredibly long TV timeouts. It's it's so stupid, and and then the teams still get timeouts on top of those. And uh, I don't know. It's a very odd. The NCAA college sports in general and college basketball in particular is extremely slow to adapt. Even yeah. from an American sports standpoint, an American sports standpoint, usually mm. American sports other than the NFL, because the NFL and the NBA seem to be the fastest to, well, let's try this. The NBA is the fastest. Yeah. Let's do this for three weeks. They changed the entire ball one year and then mid-season said, that <laughs> wasn't working, that. new ball. Um, but like college basketball, it took them forever to move the three-point line back. Yeah. Years and it still isn't as far back as the NBA's. They haven't changed the shot clock in a hundred years. They need to. It's it's bizarre why they persist. Of, it's it's thirty now, right? It's thirty. It used to be thirty-five. Yeah, it was thirty-five. Not that long ago. No. Actually. Yeah. When we, we were could, in yeah, college. When we were in school. Yeah. Thirty-five. Uh, thirty-five seconds is a lifetime. I, I do wonder. I I think I have a I have a hunch that the 20 the doing the 20 minute halves is just to di- differentiate the game that's it that's the only thing that the mm. only persist with that is so that they're like oh yeah this is our game it's a little different that's here. exactly <laughs> it but like think about that from the standpoint of you're in high school and you play the game a certain way it's not just high school it's reckly right all the way through high school <laughs> right. then you go then to you college get- it's this bizarro world and then you go to and the NBA, right to and you're back to quarters. <laughs> but girls, women, women's basketball is quarters, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's yeah, a shorter it shot clock. Oh, no, it was – women's basketball was a 30-second shot clock before men's was. Yes. And they went to quarters what? Oh, well, it's probably been 10 years ago now. I, I've lost – you know, time has no meaning to me anymore. But once you have kids, yeah. there's no – <laughs> Time doesn't exist. Uh, no. No, it's 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 very bizarre. It's my I love Auburn basketball, but college basketball is probably my, one of my least favorite sports I mean, in the world. I, I still love college basketball. I, I mostly love the tournament. Um, just because anything, yeah, quote unquote, anything can happen. Usually, it's not anything can happen, but. You know, there's there's just fun narratives. And with all sport, it's all about the narratives, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and I, st- I still like college basketball, um, and I and I like the tournament, but <laughs> it, it it can be unwatchable. It's a beating. Like, the tournament is the thing. College basketball invented this tournament that has made it so much money because yeah. it is so unique and so incredible. Um, but at the same time, like the product, when you don't have fans in the stands, especially, mm. is so bad that like we're we're just. I think the NCAA knows we're just biding our time till the tournament starts again this year, in terms of a, a watchable product week sure. in week out. All right, so let's take a quick break. Come back talk a little bit, a little bit of seam ball. All right. And Were you guys having some connection issues there, or was that just me? Um, I think it was just. I think it was just you. Yeah, I think it was just you. Okay, Jack, cool. you should leave that in. Um, <laughs> and we are back at forty-eight minutes and thirty seconds elapsed. Um, yeah. So Auburn baseball started this week. I was Great on the, weekend. I was on the pod last week to preview with Drew McCracken because I was under a foot of snow. Oh. We didn't recover this. Yeah, you survived. You survived the great freeze of uh, the the century. 
the coldest it's the coldest I've uh, I've ever been in the United what States. Was, what was the uh, what were the news the the weather uh, weathermen there calling calling this big uh, freeze? I guess you didn't know. You tropi- didn't have power. Yeah, I didn't have power. It was tropical storm like something weird like Uva. Or not really? a, a winter storm Uva winter. or something weird like that. They named it. Um, the Nolan Ryan. The Nolan Ryan. The Ryan Express of winter storms. <laughs> Remember uh, when he beat somebody up when he was like 50? Uh, yes. Rob, he beat up Robin Ventura. Yeah. That's right. Did. That's and right. Bo Jackson was in, uh, involved in trying to trying to break it up. I wonder what Jeff Lebo was doing that night. <laughs> the age-old question. What is Jeff Lebo right. up to right now? Jeff Lebo? He was probably... Was, it was mid-90s. He's probably North Carolina yeah. as an assistant coach. Yeah, he was probably an assistant for, for Dean Smith or Larry Brown somewhere. Uh, yeah, Auburn, but... The, Auburn, Auburn baseball <laughs> had a three-game series against the Presbyterian Blue Hose. And... It's a, it's a edgy name for Presbyterians. Blue hose, I know, I know. And it was a beautiful tulip of a three-game series for the Auburn Tigers. Mm. It's a theology joke for those people listening at home. Mm. And Auburn got a fourteen-three win to open the season. Crushed six six-one right. and two-one. I don't think Presbyterians going to make the College World Series, but it was pretty good to see. To see Auburn put up a ton of a ton of runs, yeah. Well, they you know they won the the last one with a walk off, right? Which was was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that that first game was a, a delight. Uh, to uh, I listened to some of it. I didn't actually get to watch it. Um, I wished I'd watched the second game rather than the Auburn basketball game that I watched. <laughs> right. Yeah, they True. off off to a hot start. Um, it's uh, I mean, went basically how uh, Drew McCracken predicted it would, and um, we're on to uh, to Alabama A and M and Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah, because uh, I think we're going over here to my neck of the woods to play to play a little tournament mm-hmm. uh, against Oklahoma, Baylor, and Texas A and M against those the Texas some of the Texas schools. Um, Interesting playing Texas A and M. In a non-con game, yeah, I think that replaces our random non-con game versus Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, I, I would assume, because the uh, Capital City Classic is no longer uh, no longer a thing. R.I.P. Capital City Classic. Is that what it's called? I don't remember. Anyway, who knows? I, I went to zero so. of those games. Um, I I attempted to go to one and it got rained out. I know the Biscuit Stadium is awesome and has and has biscuits. I went to two Biscuits games when I was living in Auburn. Um, I believe these games are all on – no. The next two games, Alabama a and I don't believe those are on television whatsoever. But you can hear them on the Auburn Tigers radio network. That's right. And you can watch the Oklahoma game in the Round Rock Classic there in Round Rock, Texas, home of Round Rock Donuts, which, guys, if you are ever in Round Rock, Texas for whatever reason – you got to get Round Rock Donuts. Where Where is Round Rock again? It is just oh. north of – it's a northern suburb of Austin. Oh. Should, uh, should get my Austin buddy to go. He you should. It is, it, is, it, is, sports. it is south of Waco. I mean it's like it's the outskirts of Austin. Mm. Round Rock okay. Donuts is, is a donut shop that's so good that when it burned down, the city – the legend goes, the city raised money – to buy like a, a trailer to park in the parking lot so the guy could keep making donuts before the, like, they wouldn't let wow. it close. Like, no, 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 buddy. We need the donuts every day. Wow. So it's like, I, I just want a break. It's on flow <laughs> baseball, which is a thing. Is a network that uh, exists? Okay. Is that a, is that an online network? Yeah. Know? And let, and let me tell you about flow as a professional cycling fan. Flow cycling is insanely expensive, and mm. they only get like one every one of every three races. And but they get those three races; it's the only place to watch them. So if you want to watch these mm-hmm. races, you got to pay like seventy dollars a year or some nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's no sport 
has tried its hardest to make it more difficult to find itself than professional cycling. <laughs> it is so difficult to find races. All right. But I think I think Auburn is going to have a really good time with the Round Rock Classic because Baylor's going to be pretty good this year, I think. I don't really know how Oklahoma is. I don't know. It's probably going to be good weather, though. So if you they, are in uh, the great state of they Texas. They used to have a coach that uh, <clears throat> we, we stole off of them, but it turns out that they really uh, – the, the, the uh, the things that we thought were sour grapes were actually them actually being happy that they had gotten rid of that coach. So that's cool. Yep. If you are in the great state of Texas and have power and water and the coronavirus <laughs> vaccine, you should probably go to Round Rock, Texas and, and watch these games in person and support your Auburn Tigers. Yeah. Get after it. We should have that's them a, bracket on once a month at least. That's what I was thinking. He's, to recap. Recap Look, this. I, this is no no slight on Nerd, who is also an excellent guest, or Dr. McLaughlin, uh, uh, also a fun guest, great guest. Drew McCracken is my favorite favorite guest. Or present because, company, Josh Hillier, our well, first time right. guest. He's a first timer. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have. I, well, yes, I dissed a very popular local restaurant. Yeah. And I've talked about Lebo <laughs> three times now, so I get it. No, talking about, about Louis over here. It, you, it, it rapidly <laughs> makes you one of my favorite guests. You brought up Jeff Lebo three times. If you could bring up uh, Quan Prowl at some point in this oh, podcast, man. we'd be. What about know. the uh, six? Uh, well, twelve finger man, Frank Tolbert. Frankie Twelve Fingers. That's right. I saw him and Nate Watson playing a pro am game in uh, Lochipoca uh, a few years back. How do you look? Wait, uh, there pro-am. was a pro am game. There was a semi semi pro. Sorry, semi pro basketball game. They were playing in a semi-pro team. Amazing. Okay. It was interesting. Uh, it's probably 2014, maybe. I don't know. It was, it was a, while, a while ago. I went to a game at Lochipoka one time that the referee called the game due to a fight at – it was a JV game. Due to a fight with like five – like 10 seconds left in the game, and he calls the game because <laughs> parents were yelling at their kids to get into the fight. Mm. So that's it. Okay. We're out here. Fun times. Um, all right, so we've done baseball. We're talking a little yeah, bit of football. Base, we baseball's had... on track, and uh, to, to yeah, they're look, they're going to go undefeated according to the current uh, win results. On pace is to average like ten runs a game, which is kind of nice. Wild. Um, let's talk football. In a walk off a weekend. We're going to talk football because Auburn is still decidedly a football town. Auburn picked up two pretty big commits. That were not on the Auburn Tigers, but were in fact on a different Division One A team this yeah, time last know, week. I need to know when they can sign. Like, why is it just a commit? Because shouldn't they be able to just go ahead and sign with us right now? Man, I don't know the ins and outs of recruiting mm, rules. True. Yes, mm. guess we need to have it on about once a month too. Yeah, I, well, who knows? Who cares? All I know is that at this moment, it appears that the best transfer portal corner available is going to be at Auburn, and then yeah, our best recruit. In from high school, just just committed, and he was at Tennessee last week. Yeah, yeah. And we jumped up seven spots from that one commitment. I mean, he's, yeah, we're got a respectable really class now. Yeah, yeah. Number twenty now. Number yeah. twenty, which is not where you want Brian Harson to be, but considering he well, came in to salvage a pretty lousy class and tried to keep people on board. Not bad, and a lot of those guys are offensive linemen, which is always good to have on the roster. Yeah, we, yeah. Look, I, I'm, I'm not freaking out about this recruiting class. The next one needs to be better than we've had lately. So, Uh, but yeah, uh, things are going well in football, I guess. Question mark. Uh, Spring practice is soon. They keep they released a trailer for spring practice, basically, Uh, which all right. Well, that's because the post credit scene at the end of the bowl game was so good <laughs> that everybody was super excited about this new trailer. Oh, man. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was Brian Harson trying to lift Thor's hammer, if I remember. <laughs> yeah. Thor's hammer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I found out yesterday that I should have been watching the post credits on WandaVision every week. Uh, no, there's yeah. just this week scene. was the, uh, the only time you needed to watch the credits. Okay, good. That makes me feel better because I haven't gone back and watched it. 
There's only one show that I go back and watch stuff, and it's Ted Lasso. I rewatched three episodes today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> what a delight. We're Aren't on they four, filming the uh, new season right We are now? on four runs through Ted Lasso at this Great. house. Um, they're, they are releasing season two this summer. Oh, okay. And season three has already been guaranteed. Greenlit, yeah. So it sounds like his speech at the end of the last episode, spoiler alert for Ted Lasso, where he says they need he to win. Speech. Where he says they need to win uh, the championship and then go back to the Premier League and win the whole thing. Mm. That's my prediction for what happens as the story arc. Mm. And then mm. I think he retires at the end of season three, the Leicester City of, and he becomes the Central Florida head coach. And then he goes and becomes the Central. Florida. You know what? I just really want to move to Orlando and uh, be the UCF head coach. <laughs> I don't know. I think the parallels are there. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. I I think the the most parallel is a guy who just really loves to be a coach and loves to work. Yeah, uh, legitimately. I, I find both of them to just be really endearing people. I find Gus more confusing because if I were Gus Malzahn, the boat that I would have purchased – would have allowed me to never see any of these people ever again. And I would have never, ever coached another down of football until Jesus calls me home. That would have been it. I, uh, I get it. I may have moved the entire family to Hawaii. Yeah, why not? Uh, uh, and Or bought my own island uh, in the Caribbean. I think or, I would have moved to Hawaii and taken off the field analyst job at the University of Hawaii. Yes, there you go. Just for like base pay. Yeah, and that would just, just pay my a, mortgage. So you can so you can afford groceries in right. Hawaii. It's you know. You know how much uh, groceries you can afford in Hawaii at twenty one million dollars. Well, look, <laughs> I keep trying to remind everybody he's only going to have about half of that because half of sure. it is going to be taxed. But that's just at the buyout. He wasn't like he was working for free up until then. True. It's true, and it's not like I, – I don't know that you could spend $4 million in a year if you tried living in Auburn. That's what I was going to say. And like living at Moore's Mill, he's not breaking the bank or wherever he was living. I think uh, – I, I mean I, I don't know. I don't think the uh, locker room does $4 million in volume every year, so I don't <laughs> think you can spend it in clothes. And, uh, There's only so <laughs> many times you can go to Arecia for happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or you can just drive on down, uh, Dean or Glenn, and go to go to the go to Acre. I'm trying to use another Auburn street name as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shelton Mill. The real guy is for no right. reason. Just go down Shelton Mill. Real Can't heads. Drive. Real heads are at, <laughs> Real heads are at Glenn Dean sitting at Chappie's drinking terrible coffee and eating breakfast every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, David House. I wonder when. I wonder when we're going to get the photo up, uh, a photo op of Brian Harson in Chappies. I can't wait. Just pointing. Just pointing just to pointing, David Housel. Pointing to David Housel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this there guy. Think we get Harson on the pod. You think? What do you? I want to get David Housel on the pod. Brian Harson has ever listened to a podcast in his life. No, but you know, it's now now it's my greatest regret that I didn't just sit down at the table at Chappie's with David Hassel and record a podcast with him. Yeah, he yeah. would. He would have. We have say, at least like a twenty five percent chance he would. We're fraternity brothers. You could you could say hi really? to. Him. Yeah. I didn't know he was a Fiji. Oh yeah. Uh, you could say hi to him in a parking lot, and it will you'll it'll be a five minute conversation. You can walk up to him and ask yeah. for a dirty joke. <laughs> and you will get one every single time, and they are always hilarious. Is it always a different one? It was in my experience. I used to, when I worked for the ethics department, he would come in and I'd go, you got a dirty joke today, Mr. Housel? And he would, boom, <laughs> pop off. Man. He also would say every single day, what are you doing today to beat Alabama? Mm. And, he got, and he'd wait for you to answer. And if you were wearing, like, and if you were wearing red, he'd oh, be like, yeah. that ain't it. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to beat him. <laughs> oh, Mr. Housel. So every day I wake up and I think, what am I doing today to beat Alabama? Not Bad enough, apparently. Texas. Well, I got us a couple of good recruits, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, excellent having you on. Let's do this more frequently. 
I absolutely, I had a really good time. I can't confirm that anyone else did, but I had a really good time. Um, you know what? I'm going to have. I'm happy to talk about weird parking lot memories anytime. Josh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you on the air to help me with my 2012 podcast that I've been trying to record and make now for three years. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I have a name. It's called How Bad Can It Get? The 2012 Auburn Tigers. Mm. Okay. Let's do it. Fantastic. All right. Do you still have uh, interviews recorded, saved? I think I do. It depends on which hard drive Ah. is dead. Because one of my hard drives is completely kaput, and the other one I think Uh is good. So hopefully I recorded it on the one that's good. Need to get them suckers in the cloud. I know. I should have. Mm. All right. War Eagle. See you guys next week. The War Eagle. Hope you have a War Eagle weekend. <laughs>